Catch Up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey, brought to you from my bedroom cupboard and the wonders of Wi-Fi. This show is all about you, so I'll try and bring you some good advice to make you feel better and give you the chance to thank whoever is making your life a little bit easier right now. Joining me for a wee catch up this morning is award-winning chef Brian Mall from Chardon d'Or Restaurant in Glasgow. Hello, Brian. Lovely to have you on the show with me today. Morning, Cat. I love the way you announce your ass. <laughs> Brian uh, Brian uh, do you know what I think it was I was practising the name well that's it I was practising the name of your restaurant so it's French isn't it Char- yes. Chardondor what does that mean yes summer or something so Chardondor is golden thistle golden thistle Oh, wow, that's yeah. lovely. Okay, see, every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. <laughs> You're here to talk about all things grub. So you up for that challenge? Pretty much, I'll try my best. Okay, so first of all, we want to know, what is the importance of a good breakfast then to get us going on our day? Well, they always say that breakfast is one of the most important meals of the day to give us energy, get our minds focused um, for the day ahead. You know, sometimes I'm guilty of missing out breakfast just because I'm, I get up early in the morning, go straight into work, and then I forget um, to actually have breakfast. But then... I'm curious, you said there sometimes you miss breakfast. Seeing the days you miss breakfast, do you get a wee bit of a slump? Can you tell the difference? I do. I do hit a wall um, earlier on, but I mean... It, the first hour, as I say, it's more make sure everybody's organised, so my mind's busy. Yeah. And then I realise later on I've not had something, and I'll, I'll maybe grab a couple of eggs and boil them as I'm working away, um, or throw in an omelette quickly. Oh, I've seen these challenges. How quickly can you rat- rattle up an omelette then, Brian? Make us jealous. Eh, uh, no, quite quick, quite quick. Um, Under a no, minute? I mean, it, it, I'd hope to think so, yeah. <laughs> I'd need to put it on rewind if I was uh, over a minute. <laughs> Uh, so what would you recommend then, with your vast knowledge of all things grub and food, what would you recommend that we start our day with to give us the best start? I mean, a lot of people uh, like porridge, um, and I think porridge is, is a good one to start because there's so many different ways you can eat porridge, and a lot of people like it sweet, a lot of people like it with salt in it, um, a lot of people like it with both salt and um, sugar. Um, you know, there's a good variety there. Um, and then obviously garnishing the porridge, a lot of people have it with red fruits um, or, you know, some people just have it with a little bit of honey on top. So it's, there is a mix or even some nuts through it, you know, for a wee bit extra energy first thing in the morning. Now, I'm guessing as a chef, fresh produce is what you're all about. What should we be eating right now in Scotland then for our breakfast? Is there anything we can add to our breakfast menu that's super fresh? I mean, eggs. Eggs are massive, you know, for me... Me and my wife were saying the other day that I think eggs are one of our favourite foods because you can do, do so much with it. Um, you know, whether it's scrambled, boiled, fried, omelette, baked egg, um, whatever, you know, it, and obviously you're garnishing it, whatever you have. So, I mean, at the moment, you've obviously got tips of asparagus, you've got ham. And if you look at the continental breakfast, you know, you could have some cured hams um, with that. Um, and then you're getting a little bit of protein as well as, you know, with your eggs. Scottish asparagus is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. This time of year is obviously in abundance um, over the next kind of two months, really. A lot of people don't know what to do with asparagus. This, this is a problem. I mean, I did a cookery demo the other day on uh, FaceTime face with our Facebook, or whatever we call it, Facebook Live with other restaurant. Um, <laughs> Who set you up with your technology then? <laughs> well, you can see him. You can see him. Facebook, my girl, whatever. <laughs> well, my girls have set me up for this. I've not got oh. a clue, so... 
Um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, the likes of um, asparagus and everything that's in at the moment is, especially if we can get it local. You know, it's important that we, we try and source local as much as we possibly can. OK, so give us a top idea then for a, a fancier breakfast. If you were to try and impress your missus with a tray on her bed on a Sunday morning, Brian, what would you be delivering to her? Oh, I'll keep it clean then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is that on the menu? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, no, I mean, obviously, I mean, as I say, I mean, we like eggs, so I mean, whether we do like, smoked salmon, whether it's cold smoked salmon or hot smoked salmon with eggs, um, we love sourdough, um, so the likes of toasted sourdough, um, um, with that gives you a little bit of a crunch with whether you do poached eggs or um, scrambled eggs. Unfortunately, when I do scrambled eggs, there's a wee bit of butter goes in there, so it's nice and rich. You need um, the butter, maybe a wee bit of cream you need, sometimes. No, I don't add the cream. I'm not really a cream person in my eggs, but I like, um, I do like my butter. So, as a chef, then, is there anything you absolutely would not eat for breakfast? You would tell our lovely listeners not to have first thing in the morning. I mean, I think, unfortunately, the cereal, um, there's a lot of hidden sugars in a lot of the cereals. Um, as a kid, obviously, you wake up, you, your mum gives you Frosties or whatever, and I think we're all, all partial to a bowl of Frosties. But, um, you know, I think the likes of that, when I mean, you see the amount <laughs> of sugar... great. <laughs> yes, exactly. But <laughs> you see the amount of sugar that's coated on them, never mind the hidden sugar um, that's yeah. in the ingredient. Know, when they're actually making the flakes. So, you know, there is a, unfortunately, there is a lot of the, the cereals out there with serious amount of sugar in them. We've just got up, right? We're not in the mood for being terribly creative. We've got another long day ahead of us. Might have to homeschool the kids, tidy the house, whatever. We're not really fussed about getting very busy in the kitchen. What can we have that's a quick, easy fix that's going to give us a nice, good breakfast first thing in the morning? But it's easy. French toast. Ah, you've got your eggs in again there. You've sneaked them in. Yeah, and it's quick and easy, um, and it's tasty. Quick te <laughs> technique for your French toast then? I just beat the eggs. Um, I don't add any milk or anything. I just keep the eggs, um, season it up with salt and pepper, um, put the bread in into a hot pan, a couple of minutes in each side, nice golden colour, um, and then out. Just drain it off a wee bit in a, like a paper towel just to make sure that you're kidding yourself on taking the fat out of it. You try your best. <laughs> <laughs> and then a pint and a half of maple syrup and some crispy yeah. bacon on the side. Or a litre of oh. ketchup. Oh, dear. Oh, well, you've given us food for thought, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we know that what you eat and what you, you drink has got a big impact on your energy levels and how you feel first thing in the morning. So thanks to Chef Brian Mall from Chardon d'Or. How are my R's rolling right now? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> still good? Thank you very much. Yeah, the R's are thanks. still there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for a wee catch-up. Catch-up with Cat. We're in this together. This is always my favourite part of the show. Who are your local heroes this morning? Hi, my name's Adele. I'm one of the nurses at the Royal Hospital for Children. I'm really thankful for Mum and Dad looking after me and help me get into work and make my dinners for me. My name is Hattie and I am seven years old. And this is my sister Libby. She is 11. We would like to say a big thank you to all key workers, especially our teachers at St John the Baptist Primary, Odexton, and our grand who is an NHS and community nurse. Thank, thank you! 
Hi, my name's Claire. I'm a nurse and I'm thankful to my wonderful mum and dad who have been at home for the past eight weeks, shielding themselves and keeping safe during the coronavirus outbreak. Um, we've been such a support to each other, um, even though we can only FaceTime and Zoom chat to each other and I pop around with their messages, but they're doing so well and I'm so thankful to them and I can't wait to give them a big cuddle when all this is over. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government. That's it for now. Just time to squeeze in my fun fact of the day. So, many people think the theory about talking to your plants to help them grow is actually bonkers, but there's something in it. Scientists say that vibrations of any sort, be that music or your voice, can stimulate plant growth. So if you're home alone, turn up the music, have a bit of banter with your begonia, and you'll both do yourselves a little bit of good. I'm back at 3.40 with some advice on staying connected. Catch up with Kat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up With Cat with me, Cat Harvey. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves this afternoon and can spare me 15 minutes for a wee mini show that's all about trying to help you, your friends and your family. Joining me for a catch up this afternoon is David Duke, founder and CEO of Street Soccer, a social enterprise that uses football to create positive change in the lives of socially disadvantaged adults and young people. David, hello, how are you today? Hi, can't get to hear for you. Yeah, I'm good. The, the sun's out. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm okay. You know, it's, it's it's difficult times for everyone just now, and um, I think we're just trying. We're all just trying to kind of survive and do our best to support one another. Absolutely. Tell us, um, for people that might not know, what is street soccer anyway, and how did you set it up in the first place? What's the story behind it? So yeah, so street soccer uh, Scotland is a it's a social enterprise and charity which was founded to use football as a way of bringing people together, uh, people who who may have been in that isolated or experiencing challenges in life, you know, such as you know, homelessness or experiencing mental health or uh, battling addiction. We wanted to realise that some of these things can often lead to people becoming kind of cut off, maybe lacking confidence and, and, and isolation, you know, and we, we felt that football, or we knew that football would, is a way that we can kind of combat that initially, you know, I'd, I'd experienced challenges in life myself as a young person, you know, kind of spent spent time homeless in Glasgow and all that and, and, and I lost all my kind of contacts and all my kind of connections and stuff like that. Um, and it was football that kind of brought it back for me. So we just wanted to kind of recreate some of my own journey and, and some of the experience and experiences that my, myself and others around me kind of went through, you know, and, and, and we set Street Soccer up, as I say, 2009, and, and we continue to do that today. Now, I know quite a bit about Street Soccer. I have met you in the past, and we've talked about it a lot, and I can see the difference it makes to so many people's lives. And you touched on it a minute ago there, David. You mentioned um, you lost your connections when you were having your hard time. We're going to talk about that today, connectivity, and how important it is. What do you think is so important about, you know, having that little network of people around you? Well, it's... It's, it's important that we're all connected, you know, um, even so, when you, when you think about when you're having hard times, you know, there's the old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved, you know, and, and it's important that when you're going through crisis or you're experiencing difficult times that you've got someone who you can, you can trust and you can share uh, what's going on with rather than keeping it, keeping it all inside your head or, or, or trying to deal with things yourself, you know, so... It's it's really important that you you have connections and and not just through family you know but friendships and 
uh, and again people that you trust and people that you, 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 know, you can be vulnerable with you know because often especially speaking from a, being a, a man you know and being a male uh, we, we, we tend to kind of just get on with it you know and we, can, we tend to just kind of when we're not feeling great or um, yeah. things are kind of challenging in life you know or, or men we need to kind of deal with and we kind of do that but but, but sometimes you, you can't deal with things yourself, you know, because sometimes in my own experiences, when I've had you know, kind of challenges and, and, and sitting with things and I, I just can't work it out, often they work themselves out is when you start talking about it. You know, when you, when you let it out and you've got someone else who can share that um, experience with you, then often you can come up with some solutions. Being connected is vital across all spectrums of your life journey, you know, but more so when they, in today's times, you know, during COVID. Yeah. Um, that's when connection and especially human connection is so important, you know, because there's there's a lot of people just now, and, and I include myself in that, who live alone. One of the biggest challenges is, is not having that one-to-one time or, or, or being with people you care about and, or you love. So if somebody is isolated then or lonely, you know, um, maybe you can see somebody in your street that you know lives alone. What difference can we make at the moment that's not crossing any boundaries or breaking any rules? What can we do to help people? Is it just a case of maybe offering them a wee bit of hope and dropping a wee note through their door maybe or something? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a number of things you can do, you know, and I think it's... Um, I'm always an optimist, you know, and, and if there's one positive thing that's kind of came from... Covid is probably the the, the people are recognising each, each other more, you know. And and all communities are different, all streets are different. You know, I, I live in Edinburgh, I'm from Glasgow originally, you know, but I, I never really before Covid, I never knew any of my neighbours really. You know, you kind of maybe bumped into them in the stairway or outside, but you never really engaged. And since Covid, you know, there's been a real. I, I can see that people are actually, albeit if they're out or, or they're passing each other or you know. They're putting notes for each other's door. People are connecting with each other more, you know, and and I think that's one of the, the good things that you can take away from the current situation. But in terms of what what can people do, you know, yeah, look out for each other, you know, maybe do a do a run of your street, and because often people know who's in their street, so you have you have an an idea of who's probably most vulnerable, and you can see on social media and in the news that that's already happening, you know, and. Uh, people kind of taking orders for food deliveries and stuff so if there's maybe uh, an older person who's maybe a bit vulnerable or, or, or can't leave due to the kind of the risk um, that COVID poses you know there's there's people stepping in you know and organisations you know this is a, a I run an organisation um, which is set up to bring people together through football obviously and we've had to change what we do and, and other organisations have done the same you know from food provision from helplines to virtual and online support groups. We can all do our bit to, to kind of connect with one another. Um, whether that's, as I say, whether that's making just maybe a chap at a door or a kind of social distance perspective, you know, to someone who's vulnerable, mm. who's saying hello and asking if they need something. And how are your people getting on, the, the young folk that are, you know, used to come to street soccer on a weekly basis and stuff? How are you getting on with them at the moment? What's happening? The majority of our team were used to delivering a range of sessions during the week, whether it be football sessions, education sessions, support sessions. But everything was all around bringing people together. Group, so it's almost like a group-based activity programme. 
Um, so we've had to change and so what our, our kind of key focus now is making sure that the players that we support and serve are safe, they're healthy and they're connected. You know, so in order to do that we've, we've a number of things from making sure that people have got access to, to data and, and, and phones, you know, so we, we've been giving out handsets and phones and data packages for making sure that people can access food because a lot of services that some of our players might have used in the past might not be here just now or full operation. So there's food provision and stuff like that. So we're providing food provision. There's pet supplies being handed out to some of our players with pets. Um, and we're just kind of connecting the players through, again, WhatsApp groups, you know, online Zoom sessions. We've created the Street Soccer Live and we're bringing football faces um, on taking the live Zoom call so, so players can ask their heroes questions. and. And we've also created a hardship fund, so because we know that not everyone's different, everyone's got different needs. You'd mentioned that you'd got some good names for your players to talk to. Tell us about some of the big stars that your guys have been able to connect with. Yeah, so so far we've had Harry Redknapp, um, Alan McCoyce. I bet he was brilliant. Uh, uh, Harry, very interesting, really good. I would love a night out with Harry Redknapp. Uh, he, he's <laughs> top class, and it was quite good, obviously, when the jungle. So there was. We had a few of players who are more interested in the jungle than the football side. <laughs> but yeah, and then we had Alan McCoy, who, who you know well, and he can talk for Scotland. And then we had Chris Sutton. Um, we had Chris Sutton for Celtic, Alex McLeish, Michael Stewart. And we've got Shelley Kerr, the Scotland women's team manager. So we're going to continue it, you know, and the, the players are really kind of loving it, you know, and the chance to kind of speak to heroes. You know, it's it's just wee, wee things like that, you know, bring a wee bit of wee spark on people's eyes, something people something to look forward to, you know. And so yeah, we're, we're we're doing our bit, you know, and but you know something, the whole of Scotland's doing their bit, you know. You can see that, you can see people, you know, it's probably never, they've never been more proud to be Scottish when you see the, the the reaction, not just from the leader of our country, you know, in terms of how the first ministers dealt with what has been you know, kind of the toughest. Thing that any politician will face in, in leadership. But at, at the local level, you know, small charities, individuals, frontline staff, you know, they, they're really, really, really stepping up, you know, from, from NHS to care services, you know, to the homelessness teams and stuff like that. So everyone's kind of stepped up to make sure that we protect everyone. Absolutely. It's so, so important right now. And remember, if anyone is struggling or does want to just speak to a nice cheerful voice that's got some loads of good advice, get in touch with Breathing Space or go to the website clearyourhead.scot. There's loads of different um, sections there and information on various ways to help with your mental health. David, thank you so much for joining us. Founder of Street Soccer, um, thanks for joining me for a wee catch-up and I hope we can get you back on for a wee update sometime soon. Catch-up with Cat. We're in this together. David has done a great job helping others. Here are some more of this afternoon's local heroes. My name's Callum Terrace and I want to thank my Uncle Stuart, who's a surgeon at Cross House Hospital. Thank you, Uncle Stuart. I'm a nurse in theatres at the Royal Hospital for Children. I'm thankful for the bus drivers of the 34A that get me back and forward to work every day. For my friend Mary, who makes my dinners the days I'm working and I pick it up from the gate. And for my family, for staying home and staying safe um, and helping the NHS. Hello, my name is Benjamin Oren Bell and I would like to thank all of the staff at Clarkson House Nursing Home who are looking after my Granny Anne. Catch up with Cat. 
in association with the Scottish Government. Don't forget you can go to the website, click on the Catch Up With Cat page and let us know who you would love to thank. So here's this afternoon's fun fact to make you smile. The 26th President of the USA, Theodore Roosevelt, while in office had the following pets. This is true, by the way. He had a bear, a lizard, a pig, a badger, a pony and a hyena. There are so many Donald Trump jokes that I could squeeze in here, but I'm not going to bother. The animals would probably just mistake his hair for their dinner anyway. I am back tonight about 9.40ish with some great advice on how to keep an eye on your stress triggers. Catch up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up With Cat with me, Cat Harvey. A little show brought to you with bundles of love from my bedroom cupboard, I'm not actually joking, and the glorious joys of working Wi-Fi. My guest this evening is Tony McLaren, National Coordinator of Breathing Space and NHS Living Life. Tony, welcome back for a wee catch-up. It's only week one and I've brought you back again, which means your banter must not be bad. <laughs> a very good evening to you and your listeners. No, it's good to be back. Good to be back, Kat. Oh, so tonight, um, one of the things we're going to be looking at, and I thought you'd be perfect to tell us about this, we're going to be looking at stress and, more importantly, how we can deal with it. So I bet you this is an issue that you've seen cropping up time and time again at the moment. I think it's always in our top five reasons, if it's okay to say that, you know, for people contacting breathing space, NHS 24, uh, stress, stroke, anxiety. And the stress is actually a good thing. Stress keeps us safe. It's when it becomes a disorder or when it starts to, you know, really be invasive in our life and stop us from doing some of the things we would normally do, then it becomes more of a worry. And if it becomes a worry, that's just adding to the stress and so it goes on and on. So it's something that everybody in the world experiences stress. It's just how we cope and deal with it that's different. And maybe at this time of night when things are settling down, you know, you just kind of uh, maybe more time to think, maybe relaxing in front of the TV or sitting with a book or lying in your bed or whatever, you know, just reflecting on your day and maybe how bad it's been for you or, or maybe it's been a good day. But how we reflect at this time of the day and how we can maybe look for the positive that happened today. Or maybe we can look forward to how tomorrow we can make different. That's a good thing, isn't it? Always trying to focus on something good that's happened or something to look forward to. I guess, you know, I've got a lot of friends that um, say this is the time of night that it actually starts getting to them because mm-hmm. they can't switch their brain off. Mm-hmm. You know, that constant whirring of what should we be doing? What should we be planning? Have I not done enough? All of that kind of stuff. How can they switch their brain off or just calm it down a wee bit? Yeah, I mean, it's been asked that many, many times, Kat, and I, I do think I'm only the expert in myself, really. So what can work for me is that maybe not going to work for someone else. But certainly some of the simple things, like maybe if my mind is actually just crammed full, then can I take a moment to write things down? And I know that if I write it down, I won't be having difficulty getting to sleep. It's the getting to sleep, you know, with that head buzzing, that kind of been over stuff from the day, you know, anxious about tomorrow and not being able to have sleep, which is the the, 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 the sort of pillar of our mental health and well-being. If we're getting good sleep, then there's a good chance that that's helping us in other aspects of our, of our life. Don't you have to try a million different things? Because I, I used to suffer really badly from insomnia mm-hmm. um, and... Again, it was the whirring of the brain. I couldn't mm-hmm. turn off. I found, uh, you know, the ASMR videos that mm-hmm. just, you know, it's very sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's people mm-hmm. doing really boring tasks. 
I found a Russian woman folding towels was the only thing that put me to sleep. And I know I know that, that sounds absolutely bonkers, right? But for, for months and months I couldn't sleep and then somehow I found on YouTube, I think her name was Maria from Gentle Whispering, and she had a towel folding tutorial. And she folded towels for 45 minutes and I never ever got past the second fold. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never heard of that one, but I'm going to look out for it uh, because it, it just shows you how, how different we all are, though, Kat. You know what works for you, what works for me. It's all different, but something about focusing on the moment. So even the towel folding, you can see how that would work because you're focusing on the folding towels. You're not thinking about what you had for your breakfast or about that meeting you had, which was a disaster at nine o'clock in the morning. You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're concentrating on the present moment. And it's like you and I here just now, you know, we're, we're, we're in the moment with one another. We're not thinking about anything else, we're in the moment. And that makes it something to celebrate. You say, right, okay, I did that well, Yay. because it was in the moment. Rather than, rather than thinking, oh, goodness, what have we got for dinner tomorrow? Or, or, or what's going to happen at that work meeting tomorrow? Because that, that invades our mind and kind of confuses us a wee bit more to actually be too future orientated or indeed be thinking about the past, which is... It's taken us to a place it's actually we can't do anything more about. Yeah, that's such good advice. Thank you, Tony. Got a curious question for you, right? And again, this one might seem a bit left field. I've got one friend who is actually stressing out my other friends because she is too positive. Now, is, yeah, is yeah. that a thing? I mean, basically, she's, um, for example, right, um, yeah. by 12 o'clock in the morning, she's already done Joe Wicks, the full workout. She's tidied her house. She's sorted her admin. She's baked banana bread before lunchtime. And she's loving this period because she's so productive. But a couple of my other friends are like, you just have to shut up now. I can't listen to you. Do, do you notice that that happens a lot? Well, I, I do think that positivity is a fantastic trait to have. Um, I like to think on the class being half full, etc., etc. Yeah, I can imagine though uh, being with someone who's just like uh, bouncing about you and, and almost like adding to your sense of guilt about what you have not done could actually make you feel a wee bit more anxious about oh my goodness I am so bad I am so hopeless um, and a wee bit like uh, you know you know your daughter or your son comes in and says to you well so and so's mum and dad have done this and so and so's mum and dad have done that you want you want to go and Hit them, you know, he's like, why, why, you do, why are you so positive with stuff, you know? So there, there is something about about you doing what fits for you and not to feel, you know, in any way inadequate because other people are baking banana loaf before nine in the morning or so. You'll do it in your own time because some people are morning people, some people are night people. We don't want her to change. <laughs> because you love her. Yeah, she'll love her. Uh, we do, we love her. And she's honestly, she's the best fun in the world, but maybe maybe just tone it down yes. a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, there, there is something about positivity. And it can actually, if someone's feeling really down, Kat, the worst thing is to say, yeah. oh, come on, come on, be more positive. Come on, look at it. You've got a nice car, you've got a nice house, you've got a good job, you know, you've got lovely family, whatever. That might make people feel worse. So we, we don't go down that road. It's more about so it's just being with them where they're at. And that's something with that mindfulness that comes in again. Rather than trying to make them who we want them to be, we accept them for who they are with all the good things and maybe some of the not so good things. 
So that that way we're it's much more balanced, much more accepting, much more non-judgmental. Be the best friend ever, Tony. <laughs> You're just no, the loveliest all. friend, honestly. So uh, listen, thank you so much for giving us some tips to turn our wee brain off at bedtime. We really hope that everyone settles down into a nice, easy night and has a good sleep. Um, I'll let you pop off into your silk pajamas and smoking jacket for the night, Tony. It's a vision for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carl, for that. that. <laughs> that thought. Uh, don't forget, you get you some brilliant tips with dealing with stress and how to just switch off on the website clearyourhead.scot. And Tony, we will be catching up with you again very soon. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Kat. Bye-bye. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. So many people have been getting in touch with the show to give us some thank you messages. Here's tonight's selection. Hi, I'm Orla McKay and I'm seven. Hi, I'm Christopher McKay and I'm 12. I just wanted to say a big thank you to all the amazing key workers doing everything they can and working really hard for everyone right now. Our daddy's a firefighter and he's very, very busy right now. Yeah, he's super busy, but he loves what he does and we're really proud of him. I just wanted to say we love you, daddy. And to everyone else working hard out there. Thank you! Hi, my name's Joe Donnelly. My wife and I are pensioners, so we're obviously in a vulnerable group. Um, and I'd like to thank my next door neighbours, Martin and Alice. As we are not able to get out, Martin very kindly has gone to the supermarket to get our groceries in for the last few weeks. And it's been, it's been fantastic for us. Um, so I'd like to thank Martin and Alice. My name is Kathan. I am eight years old. And I want to say a big thank you to the NHS for helping us get through this. And my mum who did a big mess with the clippers when she tried to cut my hair. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government. Don't forget the website clearyourhead.scot has loads of great advice if you're feeling under any stress. Now, I'm going to squeeze in one last fun fact of the day before I get my jammies on. Did you know that Cleopatra lived closer to today, i.e. 2020, than she did to the building of the Great Pyramid. Now, this sounds absolutely nuts. And I should say that these facts are, um, are... They're from Google. I'll be honest, they're from Google. So it's not my fault if they're wrong. However, I was so shocked at this when I actually went and checked it myself, and it is completely true. So I am back tomorrow morning around 9.40ish with a Friday shake-off. If you don't know what that is, you'll have to tune in to see. What could it be? <laughs> <laughs>